My name is Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. This podcast will be about my story and my words, talking about my own personal experiences and self-healing. I do not claim to be a therapist, counselor, or licensed psychologist. Hello, my name is Amanda Bedard, and I'm the co-host, producer, and editor of Invisible Tears. I'm a Reiki master, certified professional life coach, spiritual coach, wellness coach, and a counseling practitioner. Some of the content you will hear in this podcast may be disturbing to some. Viewer discretion is advised, but it is our hope by putting this information out there that we may help others to heal. We will always be a platform for truth and healing. This is Invisible Tears. Welcome to Invisible Tears. I'm Jane, co-host of Invisible Tears podcast, and I'm here with my co-host Amanda and Drew. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey, Jane. How you doing today? I'm doing great. Oh, that was attractive. <laughs> <laughs> we now have to worry about that since we have the visual component now, huh? <laughs> I know. But I'm so excited about the visual component. I think it's awesome. And, uh, I think this will be a good way to connect more with our audience so they can see us and see our personalities. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. So this is our last episode of season one. I can't Mm -hmm. believe season one is over already. Um, And it's been pretty enlightening. Not only has season one helped me to, uh, continue with my healing process. It has uh, also um, given me a platform to share my story mm-hmm. and share my story in my words, in my way. And that's been, uh, that's been amazing. The feedback we've gotten has been mm-hmm. absolutely amazing um, to hear people or, or to have people email me and say, I've never been so heard. Uh, that's, that's just huge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's what I want to do is I want to, in hopes of sharing my story and talk about my trauma and PTSD, my hope was to help others. And, and I think, um, I think I have, you know, I, if I had, if I had uh, helped that one person, that is what I wanted to do. And, and I accomplished that. So that is, that is great. Um, you know, we had some great guests on, uh, Michelle Renee, she was so inspirational, uh, so inspiring. She, uh, went through a horrible trauma and, uh, her and her daughter and just, um, the way that she looks at life today is just so inspirational. Um, and then we had John Philbin, my good friend. He was the uh, criminal profiler of the Connecticut River Valley cases. Uh, his interview was great. I, I love talking to that man. He's so intriguing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I think uh, the season was pretty good. How about you, Amanda? I think it absolutely was too. I think one of the biggest pieces of feedback, especially like right after we launched Jane, that I heard from people that were listening was everybody could really tell how authentic 
unscripted and raw and real um, you were being. I mean, for, you know, the first two episodes of Invisible Tears, I mean, right off the bat, it is just first two episodes is you and you telling the story of your life before, during, and after your attack in your own words, which is something that you've never done before. And it, it really impacted people. Um, and people could tell it and I can, and I can vouch for it too, that there was no script. That was just you and I sitting down, having a conversation and you really, you know, divulging some details that not a single person had ever heard before. Um, and the authenticity and the transparency that you've had as we've gone through um, the rest of the episodes this season, I think is really resonating with people as, you know, we've gone through and done episodes about your healing process and about, you know, the financial impact that it had on you and, you know, the PTSD along with your gambling. And as people have followed you through your healing process, you have been so transparent and again, so authentic that I think it's really resonating with people um, because it takes a really strong person to open up in the way that you have. And it's coming from a place of, I want to help people. And I think that's amazing. One of the things that I really wanted to do was um, give other survivors a voice. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe sharing my story, uh, there are other survivors out there that can relate. Um, right. You know, uh, unless you've gone through something traumatic in your life or you developed PTSD, you really don't know what survivors go through. Your life, you don't just, like like myself, you know, I was attacked, stabbed 27 times. I physically healed, but that's not where it ended there. You know, the mental aspect of it, the, like you said, financial aspect of it. Mm -hmm. the um, other people's reactions mm -hmm. uh, to my attack, like the love, the hate letters, mm -hmm. I almost called them love letters, <laughs> uh, the, the hate letters, um, people judging, mm -hmm. you know, my, what I did and what I should have done and, and didn't do. And, um, you know, these are things that other survivors do go through. Right. And, so it, it's not like I just, um, uh, sometimes people have the perception of, um, okay, this happened to you, um, get over it and move on. As much as you want to, you can't. And, uh, you know, throughout the years, it hadn't allowed me to. But um, with healing, it, it's uh, given me a whole new perspective of life. It's mm -hmm. definitely... Um, improve my life a lot absolutely drew what's your feedback about the season i think it's been a great season it was great to hear uh jane with her honesty um but one episode in particular that really hit home with me and my family was the addiction ptsd episode that we did where jane talked about her addiction um everything that she did to to hide that addiction from her friends and family and what it led to you know, my grandfather committed suicide a couple of years ago, and there was no rhyme or reason as to why, why did he take his own life? And my grandmother had no answers, the rest of the family, no answers, just trying to think of why, why would he do that? 
And after listening to the addiction PTSD episode, it got my family really thinking um, about, you know, why would he take his life? And after really sitting with it, thinking about it and going back over, you know, the stuff that he had done, they really feel like addiction was what led to his suicide. Um, so after hearing that episode, hearing Jane, you talk about it, it really has helped bring my grandmother some closure and taken a lot of guilt away from her feeling like she was the cause of it. Um, the rest of the family really does feel like it was addiction that possibly did lead to his suicide. So it answered a lot of questions, brought some closure. And ever since, you know, my grandmother has listened to the episode, she's been able to wake up each morning feeling less guilty that it, you know, it wasn't her fault that he had committed suicide. So that's something that's been beneficial to, you know, to me and my parents, my grandparents, my aunt and uncles. So it's been very beneficial. Oh, that's amazing. I, I've known your family, you know, most of your life um, for years. Your whole family, your grandmother, your grandfather, uh, your aunts, your, your aunt, uncle, and your parents. And I am so glad that when you told me that, I, I was, I'm so glad I was able to um, help with give your fam giving your family answers, some kind of answers. Um, because, you know, gambling addiction is, is, uh, so, um, invisible. Um, you can hide it so well. And, and if I was able to give your family some kind of comfort and some kind of, uh, answers and, you know, I, I'm grateful for that. I, I'm glad I was able to do that for your family. Yeah. And Jane, you knowing them, it did answer a lot of questions, didn't it? Once we actually started talking about it. Um, it really didn't make sense. It was the only thing that's just, that we you know thought about that actually did make sense as to why he would have committed suicide. Yeah, yeah, we did talk about it quite a bit, and and uh, a lot of the things that you had told me just really um, they really added up. Uh, yep. To the to the addiction, um, and it's too bad that he, you know. I'm sad that he didn't feel like he could get help with it. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I've gone through and I've gone down that uh, suicide path, attempted suicide path. And um, today I look back and I say to myself, oh, I'm glad I didn't do it. And problems are not forever um whatever problems you have today they may not exist tomorrow and uh you know we've we've got the suicide hotline uh info on our pages and um i hope people see them because uh suicide is not the answer and unfortunately it's the families that you leave behind um, that suffer and uh, they suffer a great loss and uh, I'm you know your grandmother I know she misses your grandfather every day I, I saw it in her so should we move on to the next thing Absolutely. we've got some huge upsta updates don't we we do such exciting we do. news 
All right. I got yeah. my tissues ready. <laughs> I I forgot my tissues. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> um, I did an episode um, about the investigative part of my case um, about uh, missing or lost evidence. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm also doing a project with um, Dark Valley, um, which is connected to um, Crawl Space Media, Tim, Lance, and Jen. Jen will be narrating uh, Dark Valley. That'll be coming out in the spring. And um, we were trying to uh, find my case file. We were trying to find out which legal department had my case file. Because if my case was, obviously it's cold, it's a cold case. Or so we thought. It's um, an old case and it's unsolved. I wanted to see where my case was and if there were eyes on my case, on my case file. So we did some research and uh, mm-hmm. it was kind of frustrating at first. Um, we found out that like the AG office in Concord didn't have my case file. Um, major crime, didn't have my case file. Of course, I was removed off of the website for a cold case, uh, New Hampshire State Police Code Case Unit. Um, And I didn't know why. So we did some more research. Um, We checked Cheshire County. They didn't have my case file. Um, And we checked Swansea, the town that my attack happened, and they didn't have my case file. So I was left with, okay, I am going to call the state police barracks in Keene, Keene, New Hampshire, which is the next town over from where my attack happened. Yep. I mean, it's essentially the last place that would have had your file if your file had actually existed, correct? I mean, I'm I'm sure for the listeners listening, I mean, Jane's been going through that Jane and Jen had been going through this sort of digging and calling and digging and and really trying to search. I mean, all Jane was trying to do was find where the file was and um, keeping on coming up on dead ends um, and not really getting any sort of answers as to where. Nobody really knew where it was. Um, I'm sure that Jane, um, that you thought that, uh, oh, oh my God, it's gone. Yes. Right. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, my case is 34 years old. So it was like, maybe it is gone. Right. Maybe it just doesn't exist anymore. Maybe they closed it without contacting me, mm-hmm. which was kind of frustrating to think about because, you know, I would think that they would contact me. Right. So, yeah, we didn't hear anything for a while. And it had been years since I've really been contacted by anybody except a couple of years ago, I was contacted by a detective in the code case unit that wanted me to be re-fingerprinted because they did find some unidentified fingerprints on my car, which I was like more than willing to go in and yep, set it up. I'll go in and be fingerprinted. 
and uh, I was supposed to hear from him in two weeks, and it was over two years, and I hadn't heard from him. So all this was compiling up. Okay, I'm uh, I'm probably not gonna find my case file, mm-hmm. and um, so I called the state police barracks in Troopsy and Keene, and I talked to this wonderful man. Uh, Trooper Michael McLaughlin, and I mean, I, I, he answered the phone, and I was like, "Hi, I'm Jane Borowski," and he was like, "I know exactly who you are," and I was like, "Oh wow, okay, he knows who I am," mm-hmm. and um, he said, evidently the word had trickled down that I was looking for my case file because one of the first things he said is, "I have your case file." I still get emotional about it. I do too. And I was like, oh my God. And he proceeded to tell me that it it was all put into a database. Mm -hmm. So it'll never be lost. Yep. Unless the computers crash or anything. Right. So it's all been put into this database. Well, what had happened was he, the the state police were moving to a new building. Mm-hmm. So they were moving evidence, files, all that stuff to the new building. And he come across my box of evidence. It's not lost. <laughs> that is huge. So then I find out, oh my God, my evidence is still there. Right. And, um, he said he was, he noticed it and he was a bit intrigued and uh, started looking into it. And um, he said, <laughs> excuse me, he said I had a lot of trash in my car. I'm like, oh my God, they saved all that. <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah, I was 22. Yeah, I had a lot of trash in my car. But, um, so he then proceeded to tell me that my case is a very active case right now. And uh, I was like so emotional about it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't believe he said that. I was like, wow. Um, it was bonus, bonus, bonus on top of bonus. Right. One, my case file is still there. Mm -hmm. It's in a database. Mm -hmm. My evidence is still there. And I'm talking to this wonderful man and he's telling me that my case is a very active case. And I was just so elated. You know, I used to watch, you know, and I still do watch 2020 or Dateline and, and watch all the interviews they do on these old cold cases and uh, most of them have these detectives that uh, you know these cases stick with them and and they um, are intrigued with them and they want to find answers for the families uh, through these cases and through investigating these cases and you know some of them are as old as mine and and I watch these shows and I watch the interviews and I think to myself 
I wish I had that detective or that state police officer that wanted to help find answers for me. Right. And wanted to work my case. Even though it's so old. And uh, I found that person. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I found that person. I found that that state police trooper that cares and uh, wants to help. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it was just so emotional talking to him. I got off the phone with him on, uh, me and Jessica just broke down crying. She was, I, I had it on speakerphone so she could hear it and hear him talk. And uh, we just broke down crying and she was like, mom, you're not forgotten. Yeah. And, you know, that feeling of not being forgotten mm-hmm. it is huge. And uh, it was a very emotional moment for us. It gave me hope again. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. And now back to our episode. You know, after my attack, a year goes by, the one year anniversary goes by, and uh, I had hope that whoever did this to me would, would, you know, be arrested and identified. And then nothing. Five years goes by and you think, okay, I still have hope. Um, they're going to find out who did this. And still nothing. And then 10 years. And then 20 years goes by and you start losing hope. You, you think to yourself, okay, who in the world is going to solve a 20-year case. So I lost a little bit of hope. 30 years went by and I gave up on hope. And and I kind of accepted it. I accepted the fact that, okay, maybe my case won't be solved. But the day I talked to Michael McLaughlin, I had a hope again. <laughs> I had a great deal of hope again. It It was great. It was, uh, it was so great. I can only imagine (sighs) going through that range of emotions and what you and Jessica, you know, felt after, after you got off the, off the phone with him, you know, not only did he, um, you know, tell you, not only do I have your evidence, but you know, I have your file, I have your case and it's active. I mean, um, he's really interested in, in connecting with you as well. And in just what you ex- just explained about how long it's been and how long has gone by without really any sort of traction happening with your case, I would have lost hope too. And it, let's be real. Even if it still doesn't get solved, at least someone is working it. And that's amazing news to hear. And I just want to make sure that the, um, that the listeners know too, that we're releasing this information with the blessing of officer McLaughlin. Um, We wouldn't 
do that otherwise. Um, so he is fully aware that we're actually, you know, releasing this information. Obviously, that's all we can release. Um, but yeah, we we have his blessing um, to make sure and, and put this out there and put, and put that public too. And that some officers within Troop C actually do listen to this podcast. And they love the idea that we're actually doing this. And Jane, I remember when we started this project, I told you, it's a long shot, but we're going to solve this son of a bitch. <laughs> we're going to get this done. We knew it was a long shot, but this breakthrough is absolutely huge for, you know, for you, for Jess, for all the other victims. Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. Exactly. It's, it, it's enormous. It's, and the timing, the timing, guys, the timing of all of this is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, because the timing, it sounds like, was when we were starting this project, really yeah. sitting down and trying to blueprint, you know, what we wanted to do. That's about the same time that this officer stumbled up across your box of evidence in your case file. Right. It seems like everything, and even, you know, we're coming to the near of se uh, the end of season one. And then you get into contact with them. Mm -hmm. The timing is just lined yeah. up perfectly too. Yeah. Yeah, because he found he he found the the evidence two years ago. Right. So um and he is also working with a, a detective up in the cold case unit in uh, Concord too. So I'll amazing. be meeting with them in a few weeks and uh, we're gonna have coffee. <laughs> nice. That's the way he explained it. We're gonna sit down and we're gonna have coffee. And I mean, I'm so, I'm so thankful for that, because I'm gonna be able to, you know, tell my story again to them, and to fresh ears, um, and they're gonna be able to ask me new questions, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know. I haven't had a sit down with any law enforcement in years, years. Um, you know, a year after my attack, they they stopped coming around. They stopped asking the uh, stop asking questions. And you know, even when uh, when I was in the cold case unit officially, and I was on the website, you know, all these new eyes on my case, and I still hadn't heard from anybody. And uh, for this state trooper to say, I want to sit down and have coffee with you, that meant the world to me. That was like, okay, he really does care. He is genuine. Yeah. And uh, I, I just feel so th thankful and grateful for this. Uh, you know, it may not come up with anything. Um, there may not be any answers uh, still, but I still have hope. Mm -hmm. There's hope again. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's that's a wonderful feeling. A wonderful feeling. Uh, don't ever lose hope, <laughs> because uh, it is a wonderful feeling. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. So, what fantastic news to end season one with? Right. Sure is. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest yeah. pieces is that the evidence isn't gone. I know. I mean, because when I you know. think about it with everything that you know that they collected, 
you know, um, from your car, from you and everything like that. I mean, when you tell the story about going up to Concord and being like, oh, I want to see my evidence. And then them just being like, nope, it's not here. It's gone. And not giving you any sort of other information. I mean, they, and they didn't and give you any is... information about where it was. It's like, <laughs> okay, where is it? Where, where is it then? You right. can't just like, you know, grow legs and, and like walk off. Um, and now it's like, so if anything does come to fruition, there is evidence. Yes. And, and you know, the important thing about the evidence, even though it's 34 years old, they lifted fingerprints off my car that they can't identify. Like everybody I knew, myself, my husband, my mechanics, like everybody I knew went in um, right after my attack and and were fingerprinted. And that's how they started eliminating, eliminating fingerprints. And um, they do have a set of fingerprints that uh, they have not identified. So the good thing about that is, and the most important thing about that is, they are, um, the last time they ran it through CODIS was seven years ago, and they didn't get a hit. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be running it through CODIS again, and, and we'll see if they get a hit. Um, but the other thing, too, was the scrapings underneath my fingernails. They still have that. And forensics, like, I, I think they said about 15 years ago, they, they ran some forensics of um, the scrapings from underneath my fingernails. And they really, they it was uncon- unconclusive. Um, mm-hmm. There may have been some DNA there. There may not have been. They really couldn't um, get really specific with it. 15 years later, now today, forensics has gone even further mm-hmm. and they're going to be taking my uh, scrapings from underneath my fingernails and they're going to be running forensics on that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, even though it's old evidence, it's, it's something that they can continue to use. They have the tools um, and they continue to gain tools to, uh, you know, test, all this evidence. And so that is pretty exciting. It's like, uh, yeah, it's a very active case right now. And uh, I, I'm super happy about that, you know. Just when the, when the years goes by, uh, you know, 34 years goes by, you just don't want to be forgotten because I can't forget what happened to me. Right. Uh, and, I, and I don't want others to forget what happened to me because these are unsolved cases. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even with uh, you know, the other victims that didn't survive, these are unsolved cases and, and we cannot allow people to forget them. We really can't. Um, you know, there's information out there. Um, and maybe people will start coming forward every time they hear this story. We do have people come forward. And, you know, that's that's how family members and uh, the families and, and the victims and survivors, uh, that's how we all get answers. And uh, so, yeah, it's all so exciting. I'm still on cloud nine. I, I just can't believe it. Um, 
you know, I may have answers someday. Right. You know, it's yeah. answers that I've wanted for 34 years. Mm-hmm. I may have answers someday. And uh, I'm super excited about that. So you should be. It's amazing news. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So with that, that is going to end our first season. Absolutely. Um, what a better, I can, I can plan a better way to end our first season uh, this way. It's, uh, it's been pretty, pretty exciting. And rest assured, we were not sitting on this information waiting for the season yeah. one finale to drop it. It <laughs> no. literally came during the week that we were getting, uh, you know, it right before our first season one finale, which was the Michelle Renee interview. That's how we were going to end the season. And as we were getting ready for that one to be released, that's when these phone calls came in and it was absolutely great to hear. Um, just seeing the hope in Jane's eyes and her voice, you could tell for the first time in a long time, somebody within law enforcement cared enough to, to open up the case file and to start looking into it. And as you've been saying through the entire season, your friggin' windshield is not lost. <laughs> How do you lose a How windshield? How do you lose a windshield, right? How do you lose exactly. a windshield? <laughs> yeah. And other yes. thing too is how many times did all three of us drive by the building that is holding your case file and evidence and not think anything of it too? Little did so we know. Was like, who would have thought? Little did we know. Yeah. Couldn't think of, you know, we couldn't come up with a better way to end the season. The universe had to do it for us with this timing. And so, yeah, what amazing information to share with everybody to conclude our first season of Invisible Tears. Um, So we have a visual component now to Invisible Tears. We have, we have figured this out and bear with us as we keep on perfecting it. But so now you guys can watch us record our episodes on our YouTube channel. You can find us at Invisible Tears podcast on YouTube. Um, So this will be up there along with all the other episodes as I'm working through and uploading those from the first season. But yeah, as we kick off season two, so we won't be gone too long. It'll only be a few weeks. So we're going to take off. Uh, when we kick off season two, we're going to make sure and have that visual component for you guys. Um, but also maybe we should talk a little bit about what everybody can expect for, um, from oh, us exactly. for, uh, season two. Great idea, Amanda. Great idea. Yep. So for season two, we do have a couple of, uh, cases that are within the New Hampshire region that we're looking into. I'm going to be doing some stories on them to try to shed some light on them. And also to get people coming forward that might have some information that will actually help solve, you know, these cases, along with the continued uh, mental health aspect of Jane and her healing process, especially with finding out this new information. And then as the information comes available that we can talk about, we will definitely be giving updates on the Connecticut Valley serial cases um, as Detective McLaughlin shares that information that can't be made public. There's a lot of stuff that is being kept behind the scenes right now. And I do believe that all listeners will completely understand the reasons why. Um, But we will definitely be releasing that information um, 
when the time is right. But yep, season two will definitely be a couple more cases to try to shed some light on, change mental health and healing. And we want to talk with other people um, that are dealing with PTSD, with trauma, and to heal mentally too. And I think what we're going to do as a segue into from season one to season two is we would love to do a Q&A mm-hmm. um, from anybody that had been listening. I do know, do know that my sister Paige and my mom definitely have a list of questions that they have after listening to season one. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be sending us those questions. Um, and we'd love to hear from anybody else that might have questions for Jane. We would love to be able to answer anything that maybe we didn't clarify as well in season one or that they just have questions on. So we would love to be able to answer those. So please feel free to reach out to us on any of our social medias, our email website with any questions that you might have. And as you can tell from the first season, Jane is an open book. Amanda, you and I are too. So any questions you might have, we would love to answer them. Yeah. And I just want to specifically make sure and call out to you. So our email is invisible.tears1966 at gmail.com. Just to make sure it doesn't get lost in there, make sure you put Q&A in the subject line. And yeah, just as Drew just said, and just as Jane has always said, we're all open books. Send us any questions. We'd love to answer any questions that you guys have. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think I've been a very open book, <laughs> very transparent. Um, so much so. I, I do that because I, I want to try to help others. Right. And, uh, you know, again, I'm so grateful for this platform to be able to uh, share my story. Um, it, it has helped me, this season has helped me a great deal with, um, you know, moving forward, moving forward with my healing. Um, so, yeah, next season, you know, I really want to touch on a lot of the Coco cases, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have some in New Hampshire that are from the 60s and the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, these are cases that are unsolved. No unsolved case should ever be forgotten. Right. I don't care how old it is. And I really, really want to uh, touch on a lot of those uh, next season. We may not have a lot of new information on them. But I believe with us getting their, their, their stories out there mm-hmm. and talking about the cold cases, um, it, it lets people know that, you know, they're not forgotten. Yep. And, um, you know, there, there's quite a few old ones. I mean, you go on the cold case uh, website for New Hampshire, there's over 100 Uh, (laughs) over a hundred we may hear the stories of five Mm -hmm. so I really want to touch on uh, a lot of those cases and talk about them and and uh, keep their stories out there Mm -hmm. because uh, they're unsolved they're unsolved and that's how you help the case too you help keep it current you help keep it out there you keep on talking about it and the more it's out there maybe maybe it's going to jog something exactly and uh and somebody will come forward with some sort of tip um and that actually reminds me we're going to make sure and put a tip line specific to uh jane's case and the connecticut river valley cases um in the description of this episode too that uh officer mclaughlin gave us 
Yep, exactly. Yeah, he's welcoming any new tips, any new information, uh, you know, big or small, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, if you know something, see something, say something. Hmm. Um, Love that. So, and and we're also, like, like Drew said, we're definitely going to be touching on, you know, PTSD mm-hmm. and the mental health and the, the um, you know, uh, symptoms of PTSD. I'm going to start talking a lot more um, about my symptoms of PTSD and, and uh, get a, a lot more detailed um, on how they affected my life in the past, how they affect my life today, um, the tools I use uh, for, you know, how I deal with uh, my PTSD on a daily basis. So, yeah, next season will be um, jam-packed full of info. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's going to be great hearing the symptoms, too, because... Jane, like you said, you didn't realize you were suffering from PTSD. So with you actually going through the symptoms and how you were able to heal yourself step by step, Mm -hmm. it's going to be great because there are going to be people out there that realize that they have the symptoms but did not realize that it was PTSD related. So I think that that would be a great thing to hear. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as far as like the other, you know, we are researching two cases uh, right now and we're not just looking at old 30, 40 year old cases. The two that we're looking at right now, one's from 2001 and one's as recent as 2018. So we're definitely looking at new cases that we've been, you know, hearing about and have been a part of. So yeah, a lot more to come. Yes. A lot more to come. It's going to be fun guys. Yep. And Jessica's going to be on more with me. Yes. She's uh, awesome. She's going to start talking more. Uh, about her her dealings with bullying. Uh, We just did a big episode on bullying. Um, So she's going to talk more about that. And uh, Mm -hmm. I'm excited for season two to come up. And, you know, I I, I just have to say, I'm so thankful to you, Amanda, and you, Drew. Um, Amanda does uh, all the editing, um, and she's the producer of Invisible Tears and my life coach and my co-host and, uh, you know, my my ride or die. I, I can call her any time of day and night and, uh, and talk to her about anything that I have on my mind. And Drew, he does most of the behind scenes, but he's also the producer and he comes up with wonderful content for us to talk about and I, I'm just so thankful for both of you um, I could not have done this without you two you two have given me the platform to tell my story and I'm very grateful and we're grateful, grateful that we could be part of this and that you do you trust us and I mean we've known each other forever so that wasn't ever a question but it was, it's great to get that reaffirmation that you do have complete trust in us and that we are family. We love one another. And if we can help get you some answers, Jane, that would mean the world to me. I mean, knowing your story for my entire life and knowing that there was never been any resolution and the fact that we might actually be able to get it is 
I'm happy to be a part of that and want resolution for you and for you to continue being the great person that you are and getting better day by day. Amazing. Yeah, Jane, we are so thankful. We're so thankful that we came together and we're on this journey with you and that you trust us in the capacity that you do. I've said it so many times before. We don't take that lightly. We know what you've been through. And I think the reason why this project works so well with all of us is because, I mean, first and foremost, yes, we're doing important work and we're, we're getting truth and healing out there. But first and foremost, you being okay is first and foremost, what's most important to us. I mean, if, if you're not okay, we aren't. So I think that that bond and that trust and that authenticity with our team is what makes this work. Yeah, exactly, Amanda. I mean, I, I'm not afraid to let you guys know that I'm not okay uh, yeah. some days. Yeah. And uh, it helps to know that um, I have people that I can trust because uh, in the past, people have stirred me uh, in a very negative, bad way. Yeah. So and that's part of the healing process too, is Jane, you know, you have the comfort with us where you can tell us you're not having a good day. Mm -hmm. That was how many years did you go through your life where you couldn't tell anybody that you couldn't even tell Dennis that. Yep. So just seeing that healing process to the point of you can get up and be like, you know what, I'm having a shitty day. Yeah. Everybody now understands why and how to make it a better day for you yeah. oh it helps it helps me so much now when I, I i have a bad day or something's bothering me or you know something bad had happened during the day it helps me with being able to talk about it now um I never did that before. Mm -hmm. And uh, now that I'm so, um, so vocal about how I feel and um, I don't care about people judging me anymore. That is huge. And, you know, that, that has helped me in an enormously. Um, I think I have grown from the, this season I feel like I have um, done an enormous amount of healing uh, telling my story this season and, and talking about PTSD and, and trauma and, and all that. So, yeah, I mean, this, this podcast uh, has helped others, but it's also helped me too. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm grateful for that. I honestly, I think it's helped each one of us too in our own ways yeah mm -hmm. and jessica too oh, yeah. um she's starting to open up a lot more than she had before uh, i mean i found out stuff about just this past season that i didn't know mm -hmm. you know and uh it kind of breaks my heart that i didn't see a lot of this stuff but now we can move forward Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she has, she now has a platform to speak, right. speak on and to, and to, uh, tell her story. And I think that's super important for her to do. Almost every day we look at each other and we're like, 
I'm a survivor. Are you a survivor? And she'll be like, I'm a survivor. Are you a survivor? And, uh, you know, that was one of the things um, that I gained through my healing was um, going from the victim mode to the survivor mode. It gave me so much power, uh, a power that I didn't know I had, <laughs> as crazy as that sounds. But so, yeah, this season has been great. And I, I hope people tune into season two. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we won't be long. We're only taking a couple of weeks off because we got a whole bunch of stuff we need to make sure and get out there. Right. So, well, we're only going to take a couple of weeks off, but yeah, make sure that you subscribe and make sure that you're not just subscribing to us on any platform where you listen to your podcast, but also make sure you go and subscribe to us on YouTube now, since now you'll have some visual content and you can see us making our episodes and recording our episodes. So that's it. Season one is over. And uh, thank you very much for listening to Invisible Tears podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Invisible Tears. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to hear all future episodes. Click into our link tree too in the episode description to find and follow us on all our social medias. And it also links to our website, invisible-tears.com, where you can keep current on any events that may be coming up, read more about Jane and the team, and read more about all the Connecticut River Valley unsolved cases. As we stated in this episode, we want to hear your questions that you have for any of us so we can answer them in Q&A episodes going forward. So if you have any questions for us, send us an email to invisible.tears1966 at gmail.com. Make sure you put Q&A in the subject line and we'll do our best to answer all questions that come in to us. If you are looking for everyday items, clothes, collectibles, or a gift for that special someone, you can support us further by checking out our retail store, The Frugal Marketplace. We can be found at thefrugalmarketplace.com or search for us on eBay and Poshmark. We hold an online claim sale on Facebook Live every Monday night at 7 p.m. where you can find our latest items for sales or items at a deep discount. If you're local to the area, please stop in and say hi. You can find us at 919 West Swansea Road in Swansea, New Hampshire. The links for our products can be found in our show notes. If you want to learn more about my wellness practice, Guided Path Wellness, head to guidedpathwellness.org. There you can read more about me and my certifications, more about the Reiki and coaching services I offer both in person and remote, and read all about my products for sale that I make through the practice. Feel free to utilize the contact us section on the website with any questions or utilize that free 15-minute consultation booking button if you have any questions about what might work for you. Evil may exist in this world, but we will not let it win. See you next episode.